Good afternoon, everyone. It's Nick Augustine here with Mark Scroggins, Scroggins Law Group. Mark is in the Frisco office and I'm in the home office. We are still Zooming for the time being yes. and uh, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Everyone's going to be Zoomed out, but I'll tell you what, everyone's learned the program. So even though we might look back on this and say, have a few choice words in our heads for the Zoom program, it's been really useful for us to communicate and get things done. So um, today we're going to talk about what is a, a new normal. Everyone talks about wanting to get back to normal, but you know, time moves in a forward progression in line. So do we all. Um, let's talk about this new normal or temporary normal, whatever it is going to be with filing cases, some addiction and mental health issues and some of the things that are currently just talking points for a lot of folks who are going through. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about, you know, the mental health and addiction stuff, because with, with all of the shelter in place and don't go do this and don't go do that, that's really become problematic. Um, you know, if you had a problem, it's kind of like the same thing with, you know, my experience so far in this, you know, the six weeks of this has, um, as far as like the divorce world goes, is it has either made you find out, you know, just how close you are with your spouse and uh, while still being irritated with them occasionally, uh, or that you are just done with that person. And uh, so, you know, with those kind of big earth shattering decisions, um, you know, a lot of stuff can, can transpire when it comes to, you know, drinking and drugs and depression and, um, and it's a scary time. So backing off of that, talking about the new normal, um, or at least the temporary normal, you know, I mean, I had a, I had a big temporary order hearing yesterday with all kinds of, uh, drama and, uh, allegations going from both sides, mm -hmm. uh, that was done via zoom. And, you know, I would much rather be in court in person doing this. I don't think it has the same effect. Um, but it works in a pinch, so to speak, when you've got serious allegations that are dealt with. So since the last time we did a podcast, I don't think anything has changed too dramatically on that. There are some courts now that are doing, um, that are hearing cases via Zoom that are quote unquote, not essential. Okay, mm -hmm. so typically what the courts had been doing was they were, they were hearing in the family law arena anyway, they were hearing protective order cases. They were hearing cases where there were abuse allegations with kids or, you know, serious allegations that would give rise to getting a temporary restraining order. So beside actions outside of what's covered by the standing orders in, you know, Dallas, Denton, Collin counties. Okay, so you were you were having that. Now it seems like um, you are having some additional hearings depending on the court, and so that once again is the the issue here is that we don't have continuity among courts in counties, much less you know yeah. across the state. So, well, no, we don't, and frankly, that's something that really pisses me off. I mean, it's I think it's a little ridiculous, you know. So like. Uh, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here for a second, but e-filing. So electronic filing of cases. You know, when I started, when I started practicing law back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, we didn't have any of that electronic filing. I mean, you had runners that were generally employed oh, by your, yeah, there you go. That was employed by your law office that was sent, you know, at 
4.15 to haul ass down to the courthouse yep. to try to, try to get that thing filed and set. Okay. Driving on sidewalk. You know, yeah, I mean, nuts, you know, and sometimes it was a two-person job so they could drive someone up to the front and the other could jump out with a banker box to go file them. Oh, crap. stapling things in the vehicle on the way, paper clips. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exhibit stickers, all that, all that stuff. So, but now, you know, with everything being, it is now required electronic filing, uh, but there's still no continuity to that. So the electronic filing requirements in Dallas are different from those in Collin, which are different from those in Denton, which are different from those in Tarrant, which are different from those in Travis or Austin, as people know, or Harris or Houston, as people know. So it's different all over the damn place. And there's really, I don't understand the reasoning for it aside from, you know, um, I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but, you know, local politics of, you know, uh, it's just like they, you know, you don't have the, um, the counties using the same, uh, same software platforms and stuff, which, you know, would seem to make more sense and would seem to make more sense from a financial standpoint where you could buy that crap in bulk instead of, you know, county by county by county. Um, like a statewide but, program or something. Yeah. But you know, nobody has contacted me saying, Mark, damn it. What should we do to make this better? Yeah, so, uh, I'll send them to you. <laughs> so my point being, if you have one of these issues, okay, if you are, if you have a situation where you need to get a divorce, let's talk about what you can expect. Okay. Are there kids involved? If there are kids involved, let me back up for just a second. So as everybody knows, when there are kids, you've got two pieces to a divorce. You've got the division of the marital estate and you've got the kid issues, child custody, which involve conservatorship and possession and access, right? Okay. If you just have a property divorce, unless you've got a situation where someone is moving money overseas and there are necessary steps that need to be taken basically to freeze accounts and stuff like that, or to um, you know, to get a temporary restraining order in a situation where you really have some unusual circumstances, you're not going to get hurt right away. Okay. You're going to file and you're going to sit and wait and you're going to probably start going through discovery because you're not going to really, you're not going to get hurt on, you know, just gosh, I want him out of the house or gosh, I want her out of the house. You know, you're not going to hear that unless you've got abuse allegations. Okay. So just because someone's an asshole, doesn't mean that that's going to hurry up and get you, you know, get you into the courthouse. That being said, if you've got something with those extraordinary things, like let's just use the old um, thing of, you know, sending money offshore to the Cayman Islands, or maybe it would be, you know, more appropriate to talk about uh, uh, Panama with uh, the Panama Papers that I guess were the most recent release, probably four years ago. Um, that's a situation where you might get in, okay? But otherwise, typically it's going to be if you've got kid issues where they're violence issues, okay? So if you do have something that you're going to get into um, in those situations, you need to make sure that your attorney knows what they're doing and knows to look at, okay, not just what are the local rules uh, for the county. You need to look at what has been promulgated by the Supreme Court, who has said no in-person, you know, non-essentials until June 1. Um, and you need to then know what the individual courts are requiring. So like my, my, the court I was in yesterday required that we had to produce all exhibits to the court reporter uh, by noon the day before the hearing and to opposing counsel as well. Well, that's very unusual in a temporary order 
situation. That is the really last bastion of the Wild West where you're not letting somebody know what you've got. So it really has changed the game, I think, to some degree. And then the question becomes, you know, is the court enforcing what those rules are? Some do, some don't. It kind of depends on what the scenario is. And so, so it's important to know all of those types of things. And then, you know, like if you're in Collin County, as we've talked about a million times before, you've got 20 minutes per side. So depending on the complexity of the issues, you know, that can be really, really difficult to do in person, much less via Zoom, where you're trying to, you know, get exhibits in and, you know, how do you do that? You know, are you doing that by a share screen? Is, is the court reporter putting it up? Is the judge putting it up? So it's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting time. Well, just with documents. So when you're introducing something into evidence and you have to supposed to show your opposing counsel, you know, here's exhibit a, which I'm offering in for, you know, uh, how does that work? You hold it up to the camera. Well, so, I mean, there's a this know, there's an ability to, there's an ability to share screen, right? On yeah. here. So if I'm on zoom and I go to the very bottom, it says share screen. And so I can share whatever is on that screen and you can do it that way. But then that is not, um, you want to make sure that that is the same document that was actually provided. It's just, my, my point being, it's fraught with issues, okay? So make sure that you hire someone that, that understands what's involved in this process and knows how to take the time to get it, get the case ready. I mean, uh, you know, I've told many, many people, you know, trying a case over three days or five days, A, can, you know, can be a lot of fun, but also for, for the lawyer. But uh, it's easy to do when you've got all of that time to be able to get in what you need. When you are taking all of that and shoving it through a funnel to basically get the cliff's notes of the issues, that's difficult. When you add technology that creates an additional wrinkle, it makes it that much more interesting. So you want to, my, my point on all of that is, you want to be very strategic in the use of hearings in these situations because, you know, getting something across, you know, you can't tell, am I, you know, am I 5'8 or am I 6'8, you know, as I sit here? You don't have any idea, right? Okay, so it's the same thing with a person, you know, sitting there looking at a camera as compared to looking at a judge in person or opposing counsel in person, it plays different. It just plays different. And so there are just all kinds of strategic things that I think are really important to take into consideration when you're making those determinations. You think moving forward that Zoom will still be used for some of the things that we talked about where, you know, there's certain circumstances where you talked about in our last couple um, programs where it really can be a useful tool. You know, I really hope so. I, I hope it is. I don't want, you know, I think once everybody can get back into the courtroom, every lawyer I've talked to, um, you know, that's a trial lawyer would much rather be in the courtroom. Um, that being said, I think there are specific circumstances where it can be, you know, a godsend and, uh, and not just in the realm of family law, but additionally, um, I think about judges um, you know, that are general jurisdiction, you know, or specific to criminal like they have in, in Dallas. Uh, and those folks that have to, you know, sign, sign warrants and stuff like that on weekends, you know, at 11 o'clock at night or something like that, 
I would think the ability to use technology such as Zoom would make their lives a hell of a lot easier, sure. you know, and, and I think that's fantastic. I can also think if there are scenarios in a family law case where you have to, where you truly have an emergency, okay, and that can run the gamut on different things, it would be fantastic to be able to file something and have the court just, you know, be able to pop everything up on Zoom, bring the attorneys on and discuss that. And so I, I see the ability to do that. Now, that's just what, how I believe that it could be useful. Now, the question is, will it be utilized in that fashion? It's kind of like, you know, most people, you know, I'm about to turn 53, okay? So I remember what it was like not having a cell phone. You know, I remember when someone, you know, before there were pagers and then when pagers were the big thing. And I remember my first cell phone that was a freaking brick, you know, that was like that. And that was the really slick version because it wasn't carrying the thing around in a little suitcase, yeah. you know? And, uh, um, but the point is technology's got both good and bad. It was really nice that when you left the office back in those days, you know, unless somebody had your home number, you were done. You weren't talking about it and you weren't right. really going home and pulling up a bunch of crap on your computer that you could pull on the internet because the internet was in its infancy. Do you remember, you know? do you remember people unplugging their fax machines at five o'clock on Friday saying no emergencies from Monday? Uh, I lost you. People unplugging their uh, fax machines at four 30 on Friday because they didn't <laughs> want to have an emergency on Monday. Oh yeah. I remember that. I mean, there were some, there were some lawyers that were well known for uh, turning those things off a little early, just specifically so they couldn't get notice of anything set for Monday morning. So, you know, it's, it's the good and the bad of everything. I'm hopeful that it can. I'm hopeful that we will get back into um, the courtroom sooner rather than later. My guess is that you're going to probably have um, some kind of joint use of in-person and electronic access for a period of time, but I don't know, you know, that's a, uh, that's the thing with all of this. I mean, hell, they just opened up, you know, restaurants now to uh, restaurants can, you can go where there's 25, you know, they can only have 25% um, of uh, uh, folks there, which is supposed to increase to 50%, what, in another two weeks, if there aren't any fallbacks, but who knows what's going to happen there. This is one of those things that it's very touch and go. Nobody knows what's around the corner. If they tell you they do, they're lying. <laughs> so, Hmm. so it's it's tricky it's a little tricky you know well so. you know ad adapting some of the you know people are talking about restaurants and a, a friend of mine was talking about the margaritas to go and will oh yeah place down the road still deliver you your margaritas and you know you wonder how many and everyone's joking about um you know their uh, coronavirus uh workout plans and like what happens when you go and have to put a suit on and the pants don't fit and mm -hmm. so a lot of people are trying to, you know, like when this is over, we're going to go back to, um, you know, life as we knew it before. But in the meantime, some people have really maybe ran into some challenges with, you know, I saw a friend of mine who's very outspoken about um, alcohol and drug addiction and rehab. She works with a lot of people in the jails and she was talking about people struggling right now with, you know, going to meetings and everything that they were doing to keep the best version of them going. 
And right. like, it's real easy when it seems like the world is collapsing it around you that a lot of the addiction issues and the mental health things can come popping up. I mean, there's nothing like this to, I mean, any, I don't know anyone who doesn't have some sort of mental health issues. And when a lot of mental health people talk about homeless and people on the streets, that necessarily, absolutely, they're suffering from some sort of mental health disease or issue that obviously can be a lot of times cured and attended to. But, um, you know, a situation like this, I mean, you know, we joke about it driving people nuts, but it's no laughing matter when you've got people who are already struggling. Yeah. Um, you know, here's the problem. I mean, I'm trying to remember what was the old saying, you know, idle hands or the devil's playground or something like that. Idle inmates. I learned that in college in a class <laughs> like idle inmates. That, that's why they have exercise things, because otherwise they learn how to be jailhouse lawyers and learn to be better criminals on the way out. Well, there's, you know, there's generally a uh, talk about it being finishing school in that regard. But I mean, um, that's a whole nother subject. I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy on uh, how do you deal and, and how do you do things when you've got a pandemic? And, and that is, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I'm glad that I don't have to come up with the answer to that. But, you know, for the rest of us that are not in jail, um, a lot of people, you know, First, you've got a lot of people that have been either furloughed or they have been outright fired, okay? A lot of people that have not, you know, are everybody's working remotely, and it's an abnormal situation for those that do not do it all the time, especially if now you have everybody in the family that is in the house. So I have been working primarily from my house. I still come into uh, one of my offices every once in a while, especially when I really can't be disturbed at all. And that's the key. So I'm there and I've got, you know, it's a small household now. It's me and my wife. My daughter has actually been with us an awful lot because University of Texas Law School is, is virtual. And so she was here when it was, you know, okay, everybody stick where you are, you know, kind of thing. And I got to tell you, you know, I love my wife and I love my daughter, but you know, I want to love them from afar a little bit every once in a while because you've been, everybody's been in one place for six months, right? So different people have different coping mechanisms and being locked down. And I say locked down and that's, that's really a poor choice of words, but um, let me try to make an example of it. I have always said that being in the Pacific Northwest is not a good place for me because of, it might be beautiful when it is not raining, but it rains so much that frankly, it makes me depressed. I don't like that. I need sunshine. I spent, you know, anybody? I spent three months in West Seattle, three months. Yeah. It never actually rains. It just mists all the time. Yeah. So I've been up there on business plenty and I've got to tell you, I've never been when it has just been sunny. And when the sun comes out, man, it is green and gorgeous, but otherwise it is depressing. And I don't like that. I mean, anybody knows that knows me, uh, knows that on days that it is nice, like today, for example, I'm going to have the top down on the car and get some vitamin D by driving the convertible around. Yeah, I'll be out on the I love that. Line. Yeah. So maybe I should do that, you know, but, but the point is everybody's got different coping mechanisms. And so it is very easy when you are, when you feel like your whole life is in this little bitty area and the little things that we take for granted, being able to run to the store and get this without any risk or being able to do, you know, 
play a pickup basketball game, go to the gym, get your hair cut. I mean, hell, I had to buy clippers in. I mean, it looks okay in front, but I think I'm damn near getting a mullet, you know? So, yeah, I'm kind of going to rock the mullet here. Yeah. So, I mean, the point is with people, when all of this pressure starts to be applied, it affects people in different ways. Some people are incredibly, incredibly resilient, you know, and they've really relied on their spiritual life and that has helped them. That has helped me an awful lot. But some people are just racked with depression uh, and the coping mechanism is, is drugs or alcohol. And, you know, I've heard plenty of people, you know, talk about, you know, day drinking an awful lot, you know, and what time is happy hour? Well, you know, it depends. Do you have anything going on? And so the, the amount of alcohol being consumed, that's right. And, you know, the amount of weed being smoked by people and other drugs, my point is you've got to be freaking careful with that man because that stuff can bite you in the ass and from initially just looking at what it can do to you individually not even looking at what the effects can be on those around you okay it can especially alcohol that shit will kill you it is one of the the few things that coming off of it will actually kill you most things when you come off of them will not you might feel like it will, but they won't. But alcohol, you can actually get delirious tremens and die from that, okay? So that's just looking at from the, the medical standpoint of what it can do to you. But from a case standpoint, man, that can ruin a case. You want to be, you know, super dad or super mom? Well, guess what? If you're impaired, you can't be, okay? And if your other spouse says, I've had enough, and they're going to go down to the courthouse and they're going to file and say that you're a danger to the kids and they can show all the drinking and drug use and all this, guess what? You're going to have limited access and very possibly some supervised access until you can get your shit together. Okay. So just the damage that is done. If you're mommy or daddy who is with these kids all the time, and now you can't be because, you know, King alcohol has got a hold of you or some drugs have got a hold of you that's going to change your life. And I'll tell you what, it's going to change your life in a way that you don't like it. Now, here's the good news. Okay. There is a shit ton of help out there for anybody who is suffering from addiction or depression. The problem is that these two seem to be so interlinked to me. This is just my opinion. This is not a medical opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, but depression and addiction seem to be so interlinked. It is a really nasty uh, combination where the one is telling you, don't reach out for help. Nobody's going to understand. Nobody really cares, which is absolute utter bullshit. There are people out there that care, that are there to help, that would do anything, you know, take you to uh, an AA meeting, take you to a rehabilit uh, rehab facility, you know, get you into treatment will do things to help, but you've got to be willing to, to reach out. Okay. So that's the good news. That's all fixable from the litigation side as well. It can be fixed. If you can get sober, if you can get clean and you can continue on that path, guess what? You're going to be able to be an involved parent again. Okay. So all of that is fixable. There are plenty of people I think that believe I'm never going to be able to be in my kid's life. I'm such a screw up. I've done X, Y, and Z. Well, you have to do a lot of really horrible stuff um, to have your parental rights terminated. Okay. 
So most stuff is fixable, but here's the best way to avoid all of that. Don't go there in the first place. Right. You know, if you think you have a drinking problem or a drug problem, you probably do. Okay. Because regular drinkers or regular, you know, drug users, that sounds kind of funny, but let's just talk about weed because that probably falls more into that category. But people who just recreationally use don't wonder if they've got drug or alcohol problems. Okay. So if you're thinking about it, you're probably right on the cusp if you don't already have the problem. And there are lots of solutions there. So be wary, be vigilant, take care of yourself, man. Take care of yourself. It's important for you. It's important for your family. And it's important for those little people that are learning what life is about from you. Okay. So you know, it's got, when you talk about kids, there's a lot of kids with a lot of questions. You know, why aren't I, why can't I go back to school? You know, the kids are asking a lot of the same critical questions. You know, we'd think that kids don't know much, but they are smart. They have good critical thought. They see things from the perspective of like the, are you smart as the five-year-old or the fifth grader or whatever it is. And they don't interlace all the other BS that adults do within their, their thought process. So they see things from a really black and white thing. And they may ask some questions that we're like, you know what, son, I can't answer that because I got the same question. And, you know, where they're expecting you as parents to be the ones who know everything. You know, you're the supreme ruler. You're the smartest person. You're the most professional. You're the one who's got it together your most because you're my daddy, you know. And right. It's, I'm, <laughs> it's, you know, what it's, it's got to be difficult. You know, uh, another thing that people are, uh, I've heard a lot of people talking about contacting exes during this time and people reaching out and saying, well, we know that so-and-so's home, the one who got away, or maybe I was recently divorced and I'm going back thinking who, you know, cause everyone's home and doesn't have anything to do for a while. You know, that was right. the little thing that uh, came out of this. Yep. There's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of that. There's been a lot, you know, there've been a lot of people too, who've, you know, been having affairs and, you know, all of a sudden they're at home with their spouse all the time. Guess what? That shit comes out. <laughs> so, you know, this is, uh, this is a new time where, you know, life is littered with minds. So the best way to avoid the minds is try to have as few of them as possible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a good way to figure that out, you know, if, if you've got concerns, um, hell, if anybody's got concerns about addiction and mental health, call us, we'll give you, you know, give you some names of some people to call and some directions to go. Nobody wants you to see, you know, your life get messed up. Um, and there's help out there to be had. If you're in a situation where you need help with a child custody matter or a divorce case, reach out to us. We can help walk you through this in, in what are difficult times. And, um, you know, and here's the thing, man, you know, when you take those steps and you take the right steps to get better and to do the right thing or to take the right action, you know, it's like a, a weight being lifted off the shoulders and, uh, you know, and life gets better. Life it does. Better. And this, you know, that's cliche to say this too shall pass. And who knows what the next thing could be. We could be invaded by space aliens. Chupacabra could show up. I mean, anything's possible. You know, so we just got to never know that the Navy just released the, you know, UFO videos the other day. So, uh, so who knows, man, maybe, maybe right. All I know is all that shit needs to get straightened out so that I can see some Texas football 
this fall or else they're going to be some real issues. Right. Right. You know, and <laughs> go to the game and not have them playing with to empty stands. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's it's right. Who knows, but you know, and all the, I would say too, again, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again, please be careful of social media. It is when people have there, you know, a lot of us are still working. Um, but those who are not working have nothing to do. It seems, but be an expert on, Dr. Fauci Everything. or Blasio or whoever's doing what. And it's really easy to get sucked into a bunch of psychosis. It's like tornadoes all over the place, you know, try to stay away True. from that. Yeah. That is absolutely right. That's, that is very sage advice. Right. Very right. Well, advice. and, and as, uh, as my good friend Mark says, think about it. Don't post it. Well, that's right. Don't press send. Don't press send. Don't yeah. press send. Man, that is a that is a great way to uh, to get yourself in trouble. All right. Well, well, everyone, uh, please, please be well. Any um, last words of wisdom or thoughts? You know, I'm just just be careful out there. Sounds uh, uh sounds kind of cliche, but really, just be careful out there. Take care of yourself. Be kind to others. You know, remember the old thing that your mom used to say. Of you know, if you don't have anything good to say. Don't say anything at all. Well, you know, try doing that. I know I have a hard time doing that, but, but, but you got to try, you know, and that uh, will, I guarantee you, that will help you a lot. We're all on short, our short fuses right now. I was on a walk through my neighborhood the other day and I waved at some people who didn't wave back from me and I just about wanted to pop their heads off and yep. <laughs> just like, keep going, you know, mm -hmm. just keep going, yeah. stay in your lane. Right. That's exactly right, man. That is exactly right. So everybody stay well out there. If you got an issue, call us 214-469-3100. You can also always email me directly, Mark at Scroggins Law Group. We are here to help. All right, Mark. Good talking to you. And we'll be back soon. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye-bye now.